What's up, ladies and gentlemen? I hope you're having a fantastic Saturday so far. Hope you're relaxing. Hope you're enjoying. Hope you had a great week. I hope you're looking forward to a great week ahead. I appreciate you tuning in to another episode of the Footballer's Journey podcast. We got episode 34 coming your way. I interviewed pro footballer originally from Miami, Florida, 19-year-old playing currently in the Faroe Islands. He's a winger or a number 10. Really had a great story. Really has had a great journey. I'm sure you guys will enjoy this one and I'm sure you'll get a lot of value out of it. Enjoy. Hey, Darius, what's up, man? Hey, man. I appreciate you coming on the pod, brother. Yeah, no problem, no problem. Yeah, man. So um, I see you're you're a young guy. You're on an interesting journey. So uh, excited to hear your story. Excited to have the listeners hear your story. Uh, If you could just provide, you know, a little bit of a background on yourself, you know, uh, your name, how old you are, where you're originally from, uh, and then how you came to your first professional contract. Okay, yeah. So uh, my name is Darius Lewis. Um, I'm currently 19 years old. My birthday is actually tomorrow. So I'll turn 20 tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm originally from Miami, Florida. That's where I was born and raised, lived there for six years. And then I moved a little bit further north in Florida to a city called Port St. Lucie, where I actually began to play football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then and to be honest, the story itself, how I got to where I am today is quite long. So if you just want me to talk about that, then I will. But if you want to ask questions in between, feel free to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah, I, I like hearing the the overall backstory, you know, it makes things interesting. And yeah, like you said, when uh, when I have a question, I'll just uh, chime in. Yeah, okay, super. Yeah. So <clears throat> I started playing when I was yeah, about six years old competitively in my local town in Port St. Lucie, Florida. And then uh, from there, I just kept playing football, practice all my own, uh, especially with my dad. Uh, single-handedly, he coached me to where I am today. Uh, up to a certain age or about 15 years old. He's the one who coached me uh, individually, technically, physically, and to get to get me to the fitness level and the technical ability I have today. And I'm very grateful for that and, uh, and all he sacrificed for me and my family also. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. So did, did he play professionally uh, himself or does he have any football background? Yeah, my dad, uh, he didn't get to the professional level, but he played in Trinidad and Tobago, which is where he was born and raised. Lived mm-hmm. there for 30 years, same with my mother. Um, but he never uh, went professionally in football. He played football back in Trinidad, but he used to do a lot of different sports besides football. He also ran track. He was actually one of the fastest men in his age in his country, around 17, uh, in track. So that was his real specialty. But he also played cricket and uh, table tennis and all different sports that came around at different seasons. So he never really mastered a sport. So mm-hmm. when he saw my ability, my my skills and so on in football, he decided to coach me in just that and not make the same mistake that he did when playing other sports. Now they're mastering one. So he helped that's me awesome. to, yeah, to master football and, and try to at least master it and, and uh, get me as far as I can in it. For sure. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, uh, I started uh, – training with my dad and then I started taking it really serious and believed that I could become professional around maybe 12 or 13 years old is where I really started looking at the dream 
because I started looking at this player, which is my football idol, uh, Ronaldinho, mm-hmm. which is the one who really pushed me to, or yeah, inspired me, I can say, to want to go the professional route with the joy and the passion he played with football. So, yeah, and then, um, and then from there, uh, I got scouted. Uh, my local club team, FC Florida, uh, I got scouted in a tournament in Texas from a team called the Philadelphia Union, which is an MLS uh, team in Philadelphia. And uh, they scouted me for their under-16 academy. To, so I, had to, I took the decision to, to move halfway across the country to Philadelphia and, uh, and started a new journey there and then left my family behind. And uh, I was prepared for it because I knew that if I wanted to go professionally, I had to move out of my hometown in Port Tennessee, Florida, because mm-hmm. there's nothing there for me to, to go further in football. So, uh, so I decided to take a leap of faith and, uh, and, and, and move to Philadelphia at 15 years old, uh, staying with a residency family over there with six other guys, which was pretty cool, pretty awesome. Um, of course, I miss my family every now and then, but the guys there, I built lifelong relationships with them, and I still communicate with them up to this day. And, uh, and yeah, I'm really grateful for all of them. And the, the schooling there was fantastic. And, of course, the, the football was great also. Uh, I developed physically, and uh, and I was surrounded with only players that played football and were technically good as me also. So it was, uh, it was a really good journey. I spent three years there in Philadelphia. I moved there when I was in 10th grade. So I spent 10th, 11th, and 12th grade there. And now the real story begins in my senior year mm-hmm. uh, in, in Philadelphia Union because I kept doing well. Uh, never was a disappointment in the academy. Always did well in school and football. But uh, they never saw something uh, to, to push me to their professional team, which is the Philadelphia first team or the second team, Bethlehem Steel. So I never got the call to go into one of those teams, although I trained with them uh, pretty consistently towards the end of my, my career there. But I never uh, you know, got the call to, to play with one of those teams. What so, position uh, do you play? I play more uh, center attacking midfield or winger. So nice. I'm an attacking player. Yeah, and um, yeah, they just... Uh, they never invited me into the team. So uh, I made a promise to myself before coming to the Philadelphia Union at 15, saying that I will sign professionally before my, uh, at the end of my senior year. That's what I, I'm planning on doing. Uh, I never had the aspirations to play college football because I always wanted to play football abroad in Europe or, or at the professional level as soon as I could uh, because I knew that young guys were getting opportunities and, you know, I wanted to get my foot in the door early. So, uh, so, yeah, that was my goal. And uh, a lot of people uh, kind of questioned my, my thoughts because everyone, mostly everyone, I would say about 90% of the people from my, my school in Philadelphia, YC Academy, which are only about 70 kids who just played football and went to school. It was a very private school. And, uh, and most of them graduated going to college. You would have one or two maybe from each year going the professional route to the, to the first team of the Philadelphia Union or the Bethlehem Steel. So it was very rare to sign professionally right after. Most of them go to college, but that wasn't mm-hmm. my aspirations. And, uh, and I wanted to go professionally. So on my graduation day, I said a speech to everyone saying that, you know, um, I'm going to trust in God that uh, he will find a, a path for me to, to play football in Europe because that's really where my passion lied. Not really in America, but always in Europe. I've always watched European football, Growing up, and uh, my favorite team is FC Barcelona. I've always just admired Europeans and how much passion they have for football and so on. So 
that's where I really wanted to take my, my journey and try, try something there and see what they think. So, um, so yeah, I said a speech saying, you know, I'm going to try my best to go the professional route. I don't know how it's going to be possible, but um, I'm going to hold off on college for now and, you know, try and, and chase my dream. And that's what I pretty much told them. Through the grace of God, you can make a way. And this, awesome. Yeah, this was in front of maybe 500, 600 people. And that was at the graduation. A couple of them probably had crazy looks like, you know, what is this guy thinking? I turned down scholarships from Princeton University, Yale University, mm -hmm. um, Notre Dame University. These are all, you know, massive schools in America that people, you know, dream of going to. But I actually walked upon the, ca the campus of Princeton University that the tour guide me to the campus uh, saying how they wanted me to come. And so I, my heart just wasn't there to go mm. as I was walking. Awesome. This, yeah, it's just I couldn't, you know, it was a phenomenal um, place and an opportunity, but my heart just wasn't there. And I uh, saying that, you know, this isn't me. Like, I know what I can do in the football world and I know what I can give. So, uh, yeah, sadly, I turned down all these schools. Um, pretty much almost full scholarships all a lot of them because I did very well academically also which is a lot of, which is why a lot of people were confused why I didn't go the college route because how well I did uh, academically but I told them that I would never not do my academics just because I love football I will do everything to the best of my ability once I know I can do it and that's what I always told anyone awesome. so I don't think yeah I don't think it's a, a good idea to just disregard school and just focus on football, but always try to do everything you do at the best. So I always wanted to be the best in school and in football. Mm -hmm. But it got to the point where, you know, the professional route is something serious. And I wanted to take that journey and, uh, and hold off on college for now. So then what I did was it was a big leap of faith because I said this and I had no idea how I was going to go to Europe, where I was going to go or who was going to help me. So I just said this with pretty much blind faith. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went back home after that graduation, back to Florida to live with my family for about six months. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and just, just, just to interrupt you real quick, when you got those, yeah. um, those scholarships and things like that, I know, um, you know, a lot of parents, uh, they, you know, they want, I'd say maybe 95 to 98% of parents would, would yeah. always want to push um, their child to the Ivy League. And when they get those scholarships, um, they make a big deal out of it. Uh, so, I mean, I know your dad seems like he's quite obsessed with football and he seems like an awesome dad. Uh, what, what was his response when you got those scholarships? Yeah, uh, it was crazy because uh, my family had actually came to visit me when, uh, when I got the offer to, to tour the campus of Princeton. They had came to visit me during that same time in Philadelphia. So, they actually got to go because uh, New Jersey is quite close to Philadelphia. So they actually got the opportunity to drive over to, to Princeton campus and walk through the campus with me, with the, the, the head coach and so on. And uh, we were walking there and my mom just, just, she couldn't believe she was walking on Princeton like, campus, you know, touring the guide. And she came, she comes from a very small town in Trinidad. And it's just like, she could not believe she was there. And, you know, her son actually had the opportunity to do this. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it was difficult, you know, um, to, to see all this and, and, and turn it down. But uh, I had a long talk with my family. And, you know, they're actually the ones who, who, who actually um, gave me the, the choice. They didn't take the, the decision upon themselves, but they said, you know, we're going to leave this in your hands. You, ha you can make these decisions for yourself because we trust you. And uh, I really respect them for that. And, 
you know, like I said, I was walking on the campus and so on. My heart just wasn't there. Mm -hmm. And I told him this. And uh, and my dad, you know, he's the one that, that, that trained me ever since I was little. And he knows how much work I put into football besides school. He knows uh, the efforts and so on. I had to put in the sacrifices I had to make. So, you know, he said, you know, if your heart's not there, we're going to take this this journey with the Lord and, and you know, try and, um, and see if we can open a way for you because uh, we know the work you put in and so on. And my mom, it was a bit difficult for her in the start mm -hmm. to, to really grasp that concept. But once my dad and I talked to her also, she became stronger and stronger in the faith and, and believed that I could also do it also, even without uh, the college route. So um, so then my family really supported me and my and my uh, decision and you know, it was really a blessing to, to have them there by my side through that time because, you know, most parents, like you said, almost 98% of them would never, ever turn down a Princeton uh, scholarship or, or, or Yale scholarship. It was just, but uh, we had uh, this ideal look of faith and belief that the Lord can open something different, you know, a different path for you. Mm -hmm. so, um, so, yeah, they were very supportive. And like I said, I came home to live with my family for six months after I graduated and uh, from, it was around July to December. So I came home and, you know, I just trained every single day on my local pitch for, yeah, for six months straight. Every day I went out and, and, and practiced my conditioning, my so on, just waiting for, we were, we were looking for agents and so on during that time period and trying to find people to help me get to Europe and get an opportunity to Europe. And uh, every time we try to rely on man to come help us and, you know, find a way for me to get into Europe. It just failed. I mm -hmm. mean, we talked to maybe two or three people and it just failed. And then my old coach from FC Florida, my old club, he contacted me saying, what are you doing? And so on. And, you know, I'll, uh, I'll open up a scholarship for you. I'll give you a $10,000 scholarship to come to our university where my son is and you can uh, play football there and so on. And I denied that too. This was around October or so on. And uh, I denied that also. So, because I told them that I made a, a decision and if I were to take this decision and just, you know, wimp out and, you know, just take the easier route mm -hmm. and just go to college instead, uh, what kind of man would I be to, that I couldn't stick to my word? For sure. And how old so were you I at that them, point? 18? I was 18. Okay. Yeah. And I told them, yeah, I have to stick to my word and have to believe that the Lord can open up a door for me to, to go into Europe. And, uh, and yeah, so I stuck through, but it was extremely difficult. Mm -hmm. I mean, now I'm just living back with my family not really doing much, just, you know, training every day, trying to pray that the Lord can open up a, a way for me. It literally seemed impossible. Mm -hmm. I went, uh, eventually, I, I, I told myself I had to start playing matches. So I went to go play uh, around Oct uh, late October. I started playing with uh, this local Sunday team not too far away. It's like a bunch of Spanish guys or Hispanics playing in the Sunday league and, you know, just trying to play again and, and, and get, match fitness by running and uh, trying to score again and so on, mm -hmm. which I really dominated. I mean, it was, I was way above that level because I, I think I scored uh, 33 goals in 11 matches, wow. something like that. Yeah. So, but there's nothing but like just, match fitness. Yeah, exactly. You got to play. I mean, at the end of the day, you can train as much as you can, but you need to play matches to get uh, that match fitness. Mm -hmm. So it was, uh, it was a really good uh, experience. And it was, it was just humbling because after every match I played with the team that I was playing with, the coach would uh, come up to me after the game and just hand me a $20 bill wow. saying, thank you for coming with us. And, you know, cause helping them win the match. Yeah. <laughs> so it was funny. Like, and I just accepted it and I said, no, it's okay. I mean, I don't need it. But he said, no, please take, like, 
he couldn't really speak English that yeah, well, but yeah. he was very grateful that I just had to. It was about a half an hour just drive to to the games and so on. And I had a couple of friends that I used to play with, uh, my old club on that team on the the Sunday League team. So, you know, it was nice to be with them again and play with them after being away in Philadelphia for so long. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it was nice, and you know, just accepted it and and took everything as it went, and then eventually. Uh, came late December, my dad saw an opportunity um, for this tryout, this European tryout. It was called AX Soccer Tours. And uh, he saw it online and, you know, it was coming to Florida, uh, maybe about two and a half hours from our house. And, uh, and he said, you know, Green Man or Darius, you know, you know, you should try this. Just give it a try. You never know what, what could happen. I mean, uh, but the thing is, our family, the times were tough during that time. Oh, sorry. The times were tough during that time. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's about $500 to enter the tryouts. My dad said, you know what? We have to just, you know, try it because they wanted, they wanted me to, to try something um, because everything that relied on man, the ages and so on, were just not working. Yeah. So he said, you know what? Just go and try it and express yourself and you never know what could happen. I mean, so he gave almost his last $500 to, to put into that tryout for me. And uh, it was about two and a half hours away in IMG. And uh, I drove it every single day because we couldn't afford to stay in a hotel nearby. It was about three days. So I drove it every day for three days, two and a half hours. I woke up. It started at 8 o'clock in the morning, the tryout. So I left home at like 5.30 in the morning, drove two and a half hours to get there on time. Um, and, you know, I just gave everything in, my, in the tryout. The first day I did well. Uh, I played and... You know, we had sprint contests and so on. I did well in everything. And the second day, I, I drove back home, drove back in the morning again, you know, did my thing, expressed myself. And then the last day, you know, it was uh, the last days where you pretty much leave the expression then. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's always it's always our last day where the, they'll remember the most. For sure. So I told, my, I told myself, you know, you got to stand out today. Do something special, you know, try some things. And I can I can remember the last day like it was yesterday. I mean, I played everything. I ran everywhere, tackled, defended, uh, you know, scored, uh, created plays, and it was I thought it was a really dominant performance for myself. And then uh, at the end of the tryouts, it was uh, it was special because the manager of the whole program, uh, I remember him coming up to me after the end. I was pretty tired and and so on. He came up to me and said, uh, "Who are you? Like, where are you from?" And so on. And I told him, yeah, um, I'm from pretty far away, two and a half hours, you know, just driving here to come try out and see if I can get an opportunity. And he said, well, after today, I can almost assure you that you will be getting an opportunity in Europe and so on. And you're not supposed to find out this until two and a half uh, weeks later. After the trial, they'll email you and tell you if you're good enough to play in Europe, if they get you an offer tryout, you know, if they get you a contract. And, uh, and this guy came up to me directly after the last day and told me this. And I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. Like, and I was the youngest one at the tryout. Wow. So I, was only, I, I just turned 19. Everyone else there was college-level athletes or, or semi-professionals and so on. Yeah, and I was the youngest one. So uh, I really uh, – it was special to hear that. And it was only three days later where uh, I got the email saying that you have been offered a direct contract to a, a first vision club in Europe. Wow. And I was like – what i just couldn't believe my eyes like when i saw the email and then yeah i just uh, i broke down and you know just went straight to the lord saying thank you because i knew he could open up a way for me but it was through my own talent and my own 
hard work and ability that he blessed me for sure not through someone else's uh you know connections or whatever i mean they saw my talent and the coach here today um yeah he thinks it's an inspiring story for me because i said he said that when he saw me in the tryout he wanted me in the first 10 minutes he saw me wow. so it was like wow awesome. he said he saw something he said she saw something different in me and so on so yeah that was really the the whole story in a nutshell but it was uh, it was a lot of faith and a lot of perseverance to get to where I am today. Yeah, man, incredible story, man, and and just like you said, you know, um, you know, you were waiting for six months, and you know, the only thing you could do, uh, the only thing you could control was put the work in, work hard, develop yourself, like you exactly. like you constantly did, keep yourself fit. And uh, mm-hmm. just speaking with a good friend the other day, and we always talk about, you know, may- maybe you, you don't see that opportunity in front of you. But the thing with football mm-hmm. is you never know when that opportunity comes. So you have to yep, stay ready. Exactly. Yep. exactly. It takes one eye to get you to, to somewhere somewhere completely different. I didn't know I was this country even existed where I am now mm-hmm. for islands. But, I mean, the soccer is actually a very decent level and it's very competitive. And the coach is tactically above the system here uh, in the Fair Islands. He's very, uh, you know, he's getting his UEFA uh, B license and so on. And mm. He's very tactically aware of, of football, so I've learned a lot since I've been here. But it took one eye to 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 shift me from where I was. You know? For sure. So, you, so if you could take us through, uh, you signed the contract, and then when did you um, take the leap over to the Faroe Islands? So yeah, that was so. When I saw that contract, it actually yeah, like I said, it told me that I got offered a direct contract to a first division club in Europe, mm-hmm. and there were about maybe four or five different countries at the tryouts, some from Denmark, some from uh, Iceland, Faroe Islands, Norway. So then I was like, I wasn't sure. My first thought was, you know, you always think big. So I was like, I wonder if a, a Danish Superliga team saw me mm-hmm. and wanted me or a Norwegian team. So then I think it was about three or four days later, um, he emailed me again saying what his team it was and that they're in the Faroe Islands. And I was like, what? Where is that? <laughs> I have no idea where that is. I was like, that even a country like so i researched it and, and saw but it was actually beautiful and i was looking at it over the internet i was like wow like this is amazing country like how beautiful it is i can't really i didn't know it existed mm-hmm. like so um so then i started looking at the football and so on how uh they play in the team that offered me playing the first division league and uh it's quite competitive and and they also compete in the Europa League. Wow. And that really caught my eye. Yeah. Because that's, like, huge now. I mean, I was just playing with my local clubs on Sunday. Yeah. League and I'm going to a team that's competing in Europa League. It's like, wow. Yeah. That's pretty that's a pretty big jump. So, uh, I was pretty, quite impressed with that one. And I talked it over with my family. And, you know, we had some doubts at first because we didn't know where the country was or, or what the food might be like or what the environment might be like. So, there's a bit of doubts in the beginning, but then we look back and after the whole six months and we're like, why are we even debating this? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is what we've been asking for and the Lord handed it to us in our hands now. I mean, it's just up to us to make the decision. And uh, and then this, then the club said that they'll find me a house family to stay with so I won't feel lonely and so on. And it was just like, it was just awesome. clear as day that there's no way I could turn this down. Obviously, it's not the greatest amount of money, but it's uh, it's decent enough uh, to, to sustain to sustain myself, I mean, I'm not paying for bills or food or anything like that with the host family, so I'm pretty much just saving up all the money. And you know, it's just wow! Like I couldn't believe I actually almost turned it down or 
I really had doubts about it because after waiting this long period, God has finally blessed me with something. Mm-hmm. You know, I, was, I had to take it. Like you said, just just you know, good way to get your foot in the door. Exactly. Yeah. Just yeah, exactly. You know. Yeah. yeah. So when you so after that, when when did you finally make that move over? So then after uh, it was about so that was about a month in progress of us making that decision and so on because that was early December in the tryout. And then I got the offer around, you know, maybe I think December 10th or December 11th. Mm-hmm. So then uh, they, they decided, they said that if you wanted to do this, our preseason starts January 18th. So you have to make a decision early January. And uh, and we made the decision that, you know, I'm going to do it. And at the start of the new year, I'll be a professional player in Europe, just like I said I would. So I, uh, I took the chance and yeah, I signed uh, January, I think it was January 4th. I signed my my first contract, and uh, and then yeah, I I I went over uh, January fifteenth, got ready for the preseason year. Awesome, man. Yeah. So, uh, like you said, your situation right now is you're uh, you're living with a host family. Yeah, currently, yeah. Awesome, man. And uh, h- how are you guys doing so far this season, uh, the team, and then and then you personally? How's it been? You know, how many matches have you played so far? Yeah, so uh, oof, it's been uh, it's it's actually really exciting right now. I mean, I might as well jump to the end here, but right now we're currently in first place wow. with two matches left. Wow. So, and the second place team is is tied with us actually, but we just we have more goal differential. So, and we play the second place team on the last day. So that is technically going to be a final on the last day of the of the league. Uh, which never really happens that often finals, but mm-hmm. in this case it will. So if we um, beat them in the last day, we'll be champions of uh, Fair Island. That's awesome. Yeah, after after 20 years. I mean, I, the last time they won was actually the year I was born, 1999. Wow. That was the last championship they had. So it's been over almost 20 years since they haven't won. Wow. So it'll be really special for the city and, you know, it's a, it's, if we can do this. That's awesome, bro. But, uh, but for me personally, yeah, I might as well say it, but, uh, I've appeared in 12 out of the 27 matches uh, as my on my first year. I've scored four goals in 473 minutes Very of playing tough. time, which is equivalent to five full matches with the best team. And I have four goals, so that's, that's quite decent statistics in my opinion. For and, sure. And then I, played, I played a lot with uh, the second division team also because once you don't play with the best team, you have to go down and play the second team to get match fitness, mm-hmm. like, like I was talking about earlier. And then I have uh, nine goals in 11 appearances with the, the second team. Great stuff. And yeah, uh, so. how's the football there? Like, how do you, um, what style do you guys play? How, how's the, yeah. you know, the league overall, like, in terms of physicality, uh, technicality, and then in terms of tactics? How would you, you know, describe it? Yeah, it's uh, – wow. I couldn't uh... – yeah, I knew it was going to be physical and so on, and but man, this really took me by surprise. How, uh, how even though this is a a lower level um, team in Europe, how still excruciatingly uh, hard it is to make squads and uh, and to and to be physically prepared for matches and tactically aware. Also, mm-hmm. I mean, physically, it's a very physical league. I mean, these guys are aggressive. These guys were. Uh, uh, short sleeve or normal shirts in like 30, uh, 40 degree weather <laughs> and snow and it rain. They're just wearing shirts. It's like these men are tough out here. Like, sure. It's no joke. And um, and it's some serious football that they play. And 
but uh, it's not really the most technical uh, place uh, in Europe. I would have to say it's more, you know, battling in the air and physicality. You know, um, uh, if you're a technically a technical player, you might stand out a little bit more than the average guy because most of them are just, you know, strong fighting duels, uh, hard shots and so on. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, they're a bit fast, a lot of them too. And, you know, so it's, 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 uh, it's, different than what I'm used to in uh, Philadelphia or the USA because we played a lot more ground football and nice weather. So this one is uh, it can be a, w- a lot windy a lot of the time. So mm-hmm. it's just a lot of fighting and battling and so on, trying to, to win the matches. But uh, tactically, it's very high in my team itself. I'm not sure about the other Fair Island teams, but my coach is very um, superior to the other coaches, I think, tactically because we don't really have a system of play, but he goes off with the weaknesses of other teams mm-hmm. and uh, tries to penetrate them in whatever match he plays. So our style of play is mostly we play good football, we pass the ball around the back and, and try to find spaces and so on when the when we have uh, when we know we're a dominant team. But uh, in different scenarios, different teams that have a higher quality, we might have to defend a little more or you know exploit different spaces uh, in the, in the field and or may change the formation a bit. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely tactically uh, uh, demanding from the coach, especially in the set piece plays and so on. Uh, but yeah, I've gotten used to it now, and at first it kind of you know shocked me a little bit, and it was a bit difficult, I have to say, when I first came to adapt to all these things, uh, especially with the coach. But uh, as I've grown in the team and so on, I've I've gotten aware of the system and how we play, so it's good. For sure, man. For sure. Um, and how's like uh, the off the field life? You know. Um... What what would you over you know what do you like to do in your spare time over there? Yeah, so for me, um, they have uh, a older uh, young son uh, here living in the family. He's about sixteen, seventeen, around my age. So me and him interact all the time. Um, but um, we usually go to uh, there's a local church nearby, um, uh, a brethren church. So which means that uh, it's run by people and so on, and and kids around the area. So um, every Thursday night and Saturday night, there's always uh, it's always packed with you know teenagers who who are singing and praising the Lord That's and awesome. you know reading a lot. And I'm very religious. I, I don't know if I mentioned that, but yes, I'm very religious and uh, and uh, I have a good relationship with the Lord. And so it's good to to know that uh, the people here that I live with also have a good relationship with the Lord. So it, it helps in that aspect that we can talk uh, about faith and and so on. And we go all the time and and then read the Word and talk and have Bible studies among uh, his friends that are in the area and so on. So it's really good environment for me to, to you know, grow in my faith and be surrounded with that kind of people. For sure, man, for sure. Uh, always good to have community wherever you are. And uh, I always talk a lot about this with, uh, with other footballing friends. Um, you know, it's all, you know your, your teammates are your boys and they're good friends, but sometimes it's good to get away from football and do other, oh, do yeah. other things, you know, and especially when you're in a foreign yeah. land, when you don't have family, it's great to yeah. connect with people, like you said, um, who have similar beliefs and, um, you know, similar goals and values. And just like you said, I think finding, finding a, a community wherever you are, especially in a foreign mm-hmm. land is really valuable. Oh yeah, for sure, definitely. I mean, then we obviously uh, we go watch movies at the house and just go over to other people's house and maybe play FIFA every once in a while and you know just kick back, have a good time. Of course. And then we're always uh, we're always uh, you know inspiring each other to to do well in life and you know have a have a goal like you said. 
Absolutely, man. And uh, like you said, you didn't know how the food was uh, going to be. How is it over there? What type, you know, I'm oh. actually interested. What type of food is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, uh, it actually surprised me a lot. Uh, well, at least with my host family, the mother here, Sonia, Sonia Gong, she is a really good cook. Wow. And, you know, um, with a lot of, uh, a lot of potatoes. They, yeah. they make uh, <laughs> all different styles of potatoes wow. that I've never even seen before. So and then uh, that usually is with uh, maybe a certain meat, whether it's uh, they eat a lot of lamb here, sheep. Well, uh, the the land is actually or Fair Islands is is also translated to the land of sheep. Wow! So they're actually double the amount of sheep uh, in population as it is people. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Wow! <laughs> There's sheep all over in the because it's surrounded in mountains, the the island, and uh and the sheep all live a little bit more near the top. Or in the middle area, and all the houses are on the bottom. Wow! So uh, it's quite uh, quite special to look at, but um, but that's what they eat a lot of. For I mean, sure. the lamb, the sheep. And how do they taste the sheep? Yeah, for me, I'm not a big fan of the sheep, mm-hmm. but the lamb, the younger the younger sheep, it actually tastes very good to me yeah. when they uh, when they when they make it fresh, and uh, and they also eat a lot of fish here also because mm. there's a lot of water surrounded by water, so for sure. fish is extremely popular here, and they make all different kinds of fish also. But uh, like I said, the, the the house family that I live with, the mother, she cooks very well, and you know I, I was pleased to know that they they, they eat a lot here. I mean, everyone eats. For sure. No one will ever starve. Like that's the most important thing. For sure. Man. And uh, and they they bake a lot also. I mean, there's cakes or all different kinds of stuff. So that's awesome. You know, and I yeah, for my mom that was a big worry. You know, what is my son gonna eat and so on. But I mean, it just it was amazing to me how I literally will never get get I never get uh, hungry. Yeah. I'm always full, like, I'm always eating, so it's a, it's a good thing. Yeah, especially it's as a footballer, you need those calories. Exactly, so, you know, it's, it's, it's satisfying to know that, yeah, I wouldn't starve or anything like that. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, if you could just take us through a bit of, uh, you know, a day in the life in season, you know, um, when you wake up, uh, you know, what you usually have for breakfast, for lunch, uh, dinner, you know, when training is, you know, just like a typical day in the life uh, in season for you. Right. Yeah, so uh, so typical day, I would wake up around maybe 9.30 or so. And then, uh, you know, I always start my day by reading the Bible and, and, and uh, doing my prayers and so on in the morning. I come upstairs, usually no one's home because um, the host family, uh, the mother, she works in, in the school, so she has to leave by 8.00. The father owns a company not too far away, so he has to leave by eight as well. And then the the two kids, uh, they have a nineteen year old daughter and a sixteen year old son. They go to school, so mm-hmm. uh, so I'm mostly free in the morning. Come upstairs, um, you know, just play some music, relax, and and make. Uh, I usually make some eggs in the morning. It's either eggs for me, uh, a bowl of um, cereal, or um, they have uh, bread that I can uh, make with jam or cheese and these kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, or peanut butter to give me the protein that I need and then uh, I'll make those stuff in the morning and then after that I usually uh, if it's a nice day I might go out for a walk outside I mean there's not many nice days but when there are some you go out and enjoy it so I might go out for a walk come back inside and you know I, I actually uh, been playing that they have a piano here so I started practicing how to play the piano in my spare time because uh, you know it's a lot of spare time during the day so I said might as well practice so, um, so yeah, I've uh, been practicing piano. I've actually gotten quite good at it. And, uh, you know, I've played a couple of songs now and, and so on. So, and then usually uh, 
might do some more reading throughout the day or, or watching uh, Netflix or, you know, a TV series or, um, or playing some FIFA in between just to make the time go by during the day. And to be fair, it goes by pretty quickly the time because mm-hmm. once I wake up around 9.30, you know, eat my breakfast close to 11 o'clock, you know, you have about three, four hours. And then uh, the host family comes home around two or three. So when they come back, you know, you talk with them about their day, you know, talk about different things. I love talking with them and, you know, interacting with them. So uh, it's nice. And by the time I twist and turn, eat my, uh, I eat lunch, maybe around uh, two thirty, three o'clock, I might make some chicken and pasta or the, the host uh, mother might make something for me to eat before I go to training. So then I come and I just go downstairs, relax for a little bit and, you know, get ready to go around 4.30 because training starts at 5. And, um, and yeah, and then just, you know, head over to training. Uh, I'll either take the bus or, or, uh, or she'll, or the house mom will drive me over. It's not too far away. And, uh, and then, yeah, I train from 5 to 7. You know, usually on a good day, it might be a really intense training. If it's after a match, it'll be a bit lighter and so on. So, and then, you know, I might just do some extra work after the training inside the gym uh, with some of the guys and, you know, come home around maybe eight-ish. And when I usually come home, the host mother has dinner prepared. So then I just come in, you know, we eat, we pray together as family, and we eat our food. And, you know, and then I just go relax downstairs, call my family and talk with them. I talk to them almost every single day because, you know, it's always good to talk to my family back home to see their face on FaceTime. And, uh, yeah, and then, Go downstairs, talk to them for a little while, relax, maybe watch more Netflix and, you know, just chill. Maybe come upstairs, watch a movie with them and just do different things that, that might differ. Or like I was saying, in the evenings, we might go to the church and, you know, me and the, and the son, I just go to the church and, you know, interact with people and talk. Everything is quite close by here in the city. So we might just walk over and, you know, have a good time with everyone. And then, yeah, I come home, maybe clock in around 1130 or so, get a good rest and, back at it again the next day awesome brother sounds you know real productive and and definitely relaxing yeah definitely. so how so in terms of your team training how does it usually look you know is there like a um you know sort of a of a structure you know of what you guys do uh usually on a daily basis or does it usually change (laughs) no yeah we have our, our normal structure would be uh sunday is usually a match day and then monday will be a recovery so it'll be a light session for the guys who started and the guys who didn't start will have a bit more physical training, whether it's uh, playing or running or so on, just to get that condi- conditioning in. And then Tuesday will be a strength day. So we don't come in for team training, but we'll come in, for, uh, all the guys will come in and do strength with the, the strength coach. And then uh, Wednesday will be a double training. So we have one in the morning at 11 o'clock in the morning and then one again at five. And then Thursday will be um, one training in the evening at five, but it's more of a mat preparation leading into Sunday. Friday will be off usually. Uh, we'll have a free day off on Friday. And then uh, Saturday morning, we'll have a uh, uh, real preparation for the match, whether it's set pieces or going over uh, tactics and so on in the locker room about the match day for Sunday. So that's how it usually is one week. Great stuff. And uh, like you said, you know, you're in the strength room on Tuesday. What type of stuff are you usually doing just to give some of the listeners uh, some specifics? Yeah, so the the, the strength coach, he, uh, he helps me a lot. I'm so thankful for that. He helps me more on my, uh, my legs because I'm quite small. So he told me that I don't really need to, to get bulky or so on mm-hmm. up, my, up in my upper body. 
So he uh, he helps me with uh, RDLs, which is Romanian deadlifts, to strengthen my hamstrings, and then we do a lot of front squats and so on to you know strengthen my quads and um, my hips also, and I also do calves and stuff like that. But then on other days where I would like to you know work my upper body, he helps me in that aspect to not overload, mm-hmm. but to do just what is right in order to get me strong and not big. For sure. And can you give us like an example of that? Uh, for example, like. Um you know, something he would take you through, like the sets and the reps, like you said, you know, to make sure you're getting that power uh, and not overdoing it for, for the football training right. and matches. Because I think nowadays, you know, um, especially with the growing culture of uh, social media and, and the work hard, the grind culture, which is all good. But sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, especially I always tell footballers in season, and I strongly believe like the most important is, you know, to perform well on the pitch. So you don't want to be overdoing it with your extra training. You just need that little bit that gives you that extra notch, but doesn't overdo it. Exactly. I think that's what I got. I kind of struggled with in the beginning to grasp that concept because I wanted to, you know, get to the level of the other guys and try to be big, strong. And he said, you don't need to do that. I mean, as if you're, I'm one of the smallest guys on my team, but I'm also very powerful in my legs Mm -hmm. because of my speed and my strength and my jumping. So he said, you know, you don't need to focus on all the upper body stuff. Just focus on training your legs and not overdoing it also because, like you said, you have to be ready for the match day. So most importantly, you have to get the proper rest and the proper nutrition. That's going to be most important. I mean, strength will always uh, be added in the, in the, in the week mm-hmm. because it's important uh, after the matches to strengthen back your legs and strengthen back the weak areas in your muscles. <clears throat> but it's not uh, something to definitely overload because – Actually, that will cause a lot of injury, to be For honest, sure. is when you're in the gym too much or overdoing it. So and that's what he was explaining to me. And, and uh, for me personally, I just do about uh, three sets of 10 reps, in my, whether it's RDLs or, um, or squats or so on. He said just to keep the power in the legs. But uh, he said in the off-season, that's a different story. You can push yourself mm-hmm. a little bit extra during the two or three months that you're off, and nothing's wrong with that. But when it's time to come into season, you don't want to overdo it because you want to be ready for the matches. For sure. Yep. Very well put, man. Yeah. Um, and then just like like we talked about, um, you know, you gave us a real nice weekly structure. If you could give us like a daily, like when you go to training, you know, for example, do you, do you start with rondos? Like how does that work? You go into oh. possession? Yeah. So I'll, I'll say a real training, full training day is maybe a Wednesday evening. So uh, we'll – yeah, start off um, after before every single session. Actually, we have a talk with the coach uh, at five o'clock. We, he comes into the locker room and he talks amongst us, and you know, uh, talk about the week ahead or talk about the opponents for a little bit, and you know, ask how we're feeling and just um, normal football stuff. And then uh, after he's done talking, which takes about maybe fifteen twenty minutes, uh, then we go into the the hallway and we do some. Uh, so we call it pre-activation. Mm-hmm. So um, just some warm-up stuff with the, the trainer and uh, getting the legs warm, moving, and, you know, whether it's um, um, knees up or um, bum kicks or, you know, just uh, stretches and so on, just to get the body warm. And then we, we head on outside, put on our boots, head on outside, and, uh, and we start uh, – we do pretty much the same thing. We start off with three laps around the football pitch, and then, uh, and then we start uh, – we get on the line and do some activation movements out to him. 
um, the trainer. We do it whether it's um, sideways runs, um, um, kicks, or whatever, whatever mm-hmm. different style, movements to, to get your body warm. For sure. I'm not sure. It's, we call them different names, so I don't know how they would react. But, um, but yeah, so we just do that stuff. And, and then once our body is fully warm, then we'll get into training. We'll go into training to some rondos, like you said, um, just to, you know, get the, get the possession going, get the movements, the, the touches on the ball. And then, uh, and then we'll jump straight into a, a possession game, um, which is, yeah, maybe about 20, 30 meters wide and 20 meters, a big square. And we just have some uh, three teams and we, uh, we play possession and two teams have the ball and one is chasing. And once you lose it, then the other team has to go in and, you know, try to get the ball. But you're just moving amongst the square, anywhere around the square. So just good for awareness and getting touches. And then, uh, then most likely you'll jump into uh, into the where goals are and, you know, play some short, uh, short, uh, short matches, whether it's four v four, five v five, make teams and, you know, try to compete. And it's very competitive in those mm-hmm. games because everyone wants to win. No one likes losing, so we're all competing and you know, fighting for spots, and so on. And then, uh, oh yeah, I didn't mention, but we might uh, before the the possession, we might do some passing drills. Also, I forgot to mention that, just to you know, um, some movements of passing and so on, some patterns of play. And then, yeah, possession, then matches, and then we'll end it with a, a bigger match scale, move the goals back further, maybe out to the halfway line a little bit further back, and, um, and you know, play about 10v10 or something like that. And, you know, it gets competitive in the end because we all want to win. For sure. And then uh, and then once it's done, you know, we'll go with the trainer and take a couple laps around the pitch, uh, relax our body, and just do some light jogging, and then do some stretching with him at the end go inside and some guys will do some extra training, some extra stuff in the gym. And some guys will just, you know, call it a day and, and uh, take a little shower and head on home. For sure. Like you said, you know, you, you incorporate some extra training on the pitch. Um, you know, how often do you do that? And, you know, what are you usually working on? Yeah, for me personally, uh, I just like to stay back after pretty much later than a lot of the guys. But I do a lot of shooting and, uh, and uh, to improve my shooting because – that's one of my weaker areas that I struggled with growing up. I didn't really do much shooting, but I was more technically uh, advanced. But I, I struggled with shooting, so I practiced it a lot because the guys here know how to shoot very well. Mm-hmm. And I was surprised how well the, the te- their technique is. So I kind of like look at them and you know, try to implement that in my game And uh, because finishing is you know, a huge part in football. So I try to, to practice that almost every single day after training, whether it's my right foot and my left, to, to keep both sharp. And uh, we'll either do some crossing and finishing at the end of training also, which is some of the guys, some extra stuff. Some of the wingers or the, the outside backs will just cross the ball in and mm-hmm. two guys run into the box and try to finish, head, volley, or whatever, just to get that uh, that finishing ability in. So it's good. For sure, man. Sounds great. Um, and, yeah, just one thing to touch on. I want to know, do, do these guys, you know, on your team, are they full-time footballers or are they also working extra jobs? Yes, yeah, some of them, um, some of them are a lot of the all the uh, the foreigners are, but not uh, the local guys. Actually, most of them have jobs here part time that they do throughout the day, which is fine. I mean, they they're not over uh, overwhelmed by it because the coach gives them a certain limit in hours that they can work, mm-hmm. uh, so they so they won't affect them on the football pitch. So it's it's something for them to do during the day. A lot of them is actually in offices and so on. Some will be out in the open, but a lot of them are in the offices and just doing doing stuff inside which is which is nice and uh but a lot of the foreigners like i said were there's about seven foreigners uh i'm from america three from norway and then three from serbia 
So those guys are, yeah, just doing their own thing throughout the day and, you know, having the time pass by. Mm-hmm. Solid, man. And, uh, you know, you touched on it a bit, you know, how cold it is there. What's the usual uh, temperature? Okay, so for us, uh, we go by Celsius here. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's about, it ranges from 6 to 12 Celsius on normal days uh, during the winter time. In the summer, it might get to about 12 to 15, mm-hmm. which is a bit warmer. And that's around, I would say, on a cold day. Average cold day would be around 39 to 45 degrees around there, uh, Fahrenheit. Mm-hmm. And then uh, on the warmer days, it might be from, you know, 50 to 55, close to 60, I would say. Sounds good, man. Um, and yeah, man, just uh, in terms of your recovery, are there any, you know, additional methods that you use uh, to recover your body um, other than, like you said, you know, uh, focusing on nutrition? Mm-hmm. No, for me, yeah, it's a lot of um, stretching on my spare time too. Um, rest is important, so just to relax and you know just rewind and not do anything for a day is also very good for recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, drinking a lot of fluids and so on, water throughout the day, sipping water, and uh, and yeah, just keeping the body keeping the body fit. And you know, it's it can be done in different ways. I mean, some have different methods than other, but for me, it's mostly just rest and you know, like I said, drinking and doing the right things to help my body. Great stuff, man. Um, and yeah, just just coming to the last bit, last bits here. Um, you know, there's a question I always like to ask uh, other other pro footballers and see because I think mindset's huge. And um, like you said, you know, you you knew personally that you were going to sign that pro contract, but were there were there ever times that you actually that you had any doubts in your mind uh, about whether you were going to sign that contract or not? Oh yeah, like I said earlier, um, it's yeah. Uh, me and my family had doubts because we didn't know where the country was. Mm-hmm. If if it was a Spain or a Belgium or Italy or something like that, it would have been probably no second doubt. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we didn't know where this country was, so that's the reason why we we had some doubts and we didn't know what the environment would be like or the food or so on. So, but I think um, like I said, um, I was praying for an opportunity and it came to me right in my hands. So. If I didn't accept it, uh, it'd be like I was just turning my back on the Lord and what he granted me. So, you know, I just decided to go after it. For sure, man. Yeah, and uh, two more questions I got for you. If you could go back to yourself at any age you wanted to uh, and give yourself a little bit of the wisdom that you have today, uh, what age would you choose and what would you tell yourself? Uh, I would choose the age of 15, Mm -hmm. which is when I made the transition to move to Philadelphia. And uh, at that time, I was a bit scared and, you know, uh, you know, leaving home was difficult and and um, and making that transition to, to move by myself and try a different atmosphere with, with players of high quality. But I would tell myself now, if I was, you know, to tell myself back then, I would definitely say that to not fear opponents and to not uh, to not fear anything because the Lord has me in the palm of his hand and he'll always protect me and be with me. So I don't... Uh, as of now, I don't fear anything or, or, or people because uh, there's greater things than football itself. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I have to remember that always. So, but, uh, but yeah, I think uh, I'll tell myself to not fear anyone or fear people or fear anything because the game is a beautiful game and just go out and express yourself. Of course, brother. Um, really, really enjoy your story. I just want to end off with, um, you know, one more question. If you could offer, you know, a couple pieces of advice 
uh, to a younger guy than you or another guy trying to chase that dream still hasn't found that opportunity yet. And he's working, she's working, you know, any, any specific things that you would tell that person um, yeah. who wants to become a pro? Yeah. Uh, it's a bit cliche, but I mean, never give up. I, mm-hmm. It's like, I can't stress that enough because uh, it seemed like it was impossible for me. I mean, playing in a Sunday league with my local guys, my local friends, not really seeing a way how to get there, just hoping. And uh, I never, never gave up on it and, and pursued it. And it finally happened. Uh, and, you know, you have to, you have to see when the Lord, uh, the Lord's timing is because maybe it's not when you want it, but he, he, he does it when you, when he feels you're prepared for it, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I was prepared uh, mentally to go anywhere in the world and, and, and strive after this. But uh, I wasn't ready when I was younger, I believe 15, 16. Now he's prepared me that I can go anywhere and, you know, and chase my dream and, and get to the top of football. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think it's just to never give up and stay focused. I mean, you can't do what other people, normal people are doing, mm-hmm. partying and doing all this stuff exactly. that you want to succeed. It's just impossible. I mean, you have to stay on the right path and do the right things that uh, the sacrifices you'll have to make are, are much greater than normal people. So um, it's something you have to keep in mind and, and really prepare for if you want to make that journey to become a pro. Of course, man. Uh, yeah, man, I really, 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 really enjoyed your story and, uh, how grateful for you are, uh, for the opportunity and how hard you work and thanks for coming on and, uh, taking your time. Um, you know, if any listeners want to get in contact with you, ask you any questions, what's the best way they could do it? Yeah. Um, you can definitely, um, you can see, you can, uh, follow me on Instagram at, um, Darius L 50, um, and, uh, just, uh, message me on my DM or, or so on. Like I don't really have much uh, social media besides Instagram and Snapchat. So uh, Instagram is probably the biggest one that I usually check my my direct messages and you know try to respond to people because I get a lot of them mm-hmm. asking how'd you do this and how'd you do that. And I usually used to respond to everyone. So um so you can definitely reach out to me in my my direct messages and and uh, I'll give you the best advice I can. Awesome man. Thanks so much for coming on and uh, really appreciate the talk and your time and uh, best of luck with the season and uh, we'll catch up, man. Yes, for sure. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, brother. Have a great one. You too. Bye. Ladies and gents, thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Footballers Journey podcast. I really appreciate you tuning in, listening to the 34th episode. Hope it brought you some value. I hope it's bringing you to the attention that this journey isn't easy, but if you persist, if you keep working, if you keep moving forward, and if you don't dwell, something good is going to happen for you guys. If you like the podcast, if you loved it, if you hated it, whatever, I would really, really appreciate a review on Apple iTunes, on Spotify, wherever you're listening a review would be greatly appreciated. I'm trying to get this message out to as many people as possible and really spread the word. All right, guys, have a great rest of the weekend. Peace.